Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. So good. Well, did you make it there? Proverbs 4. Awesome. Proverbs 4 verse 22 says this. For they talking about his father's words of wisdom. They are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. So keep your heart, some translations here say, guard your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. The title of my message today, if you're taking notes, is Matters of the Heart. Matters of the Heart. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, God, that the church was your idea, Jesus, that you died for your bride, and it's being made beautiful day by day, brick by brick, Lord. I thank you for um, open hearts here today. Holy Spirit, we invite you in to have your way, God, that we would become less so that you can become greater, God. Thank you for every single heart that sits in these chairs, God, every single heart that will receive this word. I pray that it would fall onto fertile soil in Jesus' name, and I pray for colonial kids, God, that you would build their spirits today, that you would awaken in them dreams, visions, and callings on their lives. Even now, Jesus, refresh them. In your holy name, amen. Amen. Um, Well, when you hear the title, Matters of the Heart, some things probably pop into your head. And if you're like me, you try to finish the sentence. You know, my husband will be like, I have this great idea. And I'm like, me too, let's go there for dinner. And he's like, I was talking about something completely different. Um, but matters of the heart, you might think, yes, I'm gonna get three easy steps to asking this person out from church and finding the perfect Christian spouse. But that's not what we're talking about. Um, you might think, oh gosh, this is totally just for the girls because I don't, I don't do hearts. Like, I don't do that. But this isn't, this isn't about romance and lovey-dovey stuff. Although, I did create a game in Miss Jones's 4K class called Kissy Girls. And I am a hopeless romantic. I even had my bout with being a little boy crazy. I love you, babe. Um, in middle and high school, before I knew that my identity didn't come from a relationship... Amen? And then I realized that I'd spent a lot of my life looking for a partner when in reality, God had already destined me and given me an identity and called me by name. And then I would get to meet that partner and we'd get to do life together. But that's not what we're talking about either. (laughs) So first, to talk about the heart, come with me. We have to talk about the dentist. Okay? Any dentist lovers in the room? (laughs) Well, when I was about six years old, I had this experience at the dentist. I'd gotten a cavity, and at the dentist I grew up going to, when you had to get a filling, they gave you what they called the Mickey Mouse nose. Anyone else? 
just my dentist. You have the Mickey Mouse nose? And that's basically their way of trying to make kids feel comfortable with having laughing gas to get the filling. And I didn't grow up in Florida. I didn't have my weekend passes to Disney like all these kids. But I, I was petrified, terrified of the Mickey Mouse nose. I wonder what will happen when we start taking our kids to Disney. If, uh, anyways, the Mickey Mouse nose. And, but, and so I refused it. And so they let me sit in a room with my mom and gave me some grape juice to calm me down. Turns out, they actually were sedating me because I woke up an hour later, strapped down to a table with the Mickey Mouse nose on my face, getting this filling. Crazy, right? True story, but fortunately I've been healed from that experience in Jesus' name, and I actually really enjoy going and getting my teeth cleaned now. And I was talking to a girl from our church who was cleaning my teeth, and you know, when you are kind of embarrassed about something, you're like, oh, this one spot's kind of hard to floss, or, you know, sorry about that. And, <laughs> and she just said to me, Liz, it's no stress, nothing's wrong. It's just that as you go throughout life, you need, you need to come for a regular cleaning. It's no big deal. So here's the point of that, is that we go and we get our teeth cleaned regularly. We get our nails done. We go to the gym and work out and get our bodies. We, we make appointments regularly to keep our bones and our bodies physically aligned. But how often are we paying attention to the matters of our heart? Because God's word says that everything in our life flows from it. Everything flows from it. Even more than our physical bodies, we are called to assess and let the Holy Spirit clean out our hearts on a regular basis because everything flows from it. Everything God has put in your heart, he wants to overflow into your life. I had a friend who said that she did this thing every day with God called the daily dig. She would sit down with the Holy Spirit and say, God, show me anything in my heart that isn't pure, that isn't what you believe about me. And so she said she'd take the time, sit down, and if she got a little like, you know how sometimes you might like hear a name of someone you had a tiff with or something just is kind of off and you're just like, ooh, like it's kind of like a ooh, you know? Well, that was her cue. And so then she knew, okay, God, let me open up your word. Let me pray these prayers of forgiveness towards these people. And not just pray prayers of forgiveness, but prayers of blessing and release over their life. This is her daily dig because she knew that God didn't want to use her, or God couldn't use her as much as he really wanted to if she was letting her heart get cluttered every single day. So are you up for it, a daily dig today? Awesome. Some of you are. That's great. So if you're still wondering what do you mean by the heart, the heart in God's word, it's referring to our innermost being, our thought life, the deepest part of who we are, what everything else comes from, that's our hearts. It's the control center of our life, our hearts. And God, by his design, had a purpose for you before the creation of the world. Every single person here, God created you. You were first in his imagination, and then he knit you together piece by piece in your mother's womb. And did you know that the heart is the first organ to develop in your body? The heart is vital to our physical and spiritual health. 
what moves you, motivates you, influences you, and shapes you. These are the matters of the heart. I love this quote because the heart affects us personally, but if everything flows from it, we're basically just walking around reciprocating heart issues, right? In our interactions with one another. Um, So there's this awesome quote by Oswald Smith, and it says this. The heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. I'll say that again. The heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. Basically, what he's saying here is at the heart of all of humanity's issues, you can stem it back to an issue rooting in a human's heart. It's incredible. I was watching this documentary the other day, as you do, and it was about this really famous person in the music industry. And I found it kind of shocking because as I was preparing my message and I was thinking about these matters of the heart, I found it interesting because she was talking about the fact that when she started her career, she had a goal in mind. And I, I don't know about you, but I definitely know there's been times in my life where I'm like, if I just get here, God, I'll know that you're with me. Or if I just get here, God, I'll know that you really did want to use me. And so she was saying when she had won so many Grammys, she was sitting there on her couch. She got the call. You've won this Grammy. And she thought to herself, this was my goal in life. But I don't have anyone to call. Because the fact of the matter is that her heart was lonely. She had cultivated and set her eyes on the prize that the world said was everything. And at the end of the day, she still was lacking. And I wonder if that's like us today, is that we have these goals, or maybe even this morning, your goal is just to get here, and that's incredible. I'm so happy you did. But we were made for so much more. Reminds me of a song. It says, my heart is restless until I rest in you. We find our purpose when we find the one that created the heart. So if you're taking notes, number one, my heart is my responsibility. My heart is my responsibility. I don't know what you think of when you hear the word responsibility this morning, but for me, it was chores as a kid. Or maybe, you know, when you think about responsibilities, you're thinking, you know, the, the more and more that I grew up, the more I realized how much responsibility is actually up to me. I know sometimes I'm astounded because I can't just call my mom and have her cook me dinner. Or, you know, there's just so many things in life that you're like, oh, this is up to me now. This is my responsibility. And the heart is like that. But it's kind of hard sometimes to take responsibility. Am I right? Um, And so I have a story about this. It's a little embarrassing, but go with me. Don't judge me. So I was cleaning out the back of my car one day. If you can relate, say amen. And I noticed there were some things in the trunk of my car that I I didn't really remember I'd put back there. Yeah, thanks. One of those things was a lunchbox. And, (laughs) And... Inside this lunchbox, I was like, okay, I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to bring it inside. No, actually, to be honest, my first thought was, come on, Aaron. I'm being honest. 
But it, what, to be, I'm just telling you, we don't take responsibility for things. We look for someone to blame. Think about the way we walk into church. We're, the first thing we notice is, I don't like the way they do that thing. I mean, it's so much easier to look at what's going on around us, place responsibility elsewhere, and not realize that our heart might be the issue. And so the trunk of this car <laughs> had this lunchbox in it. I went to wash it. I opened it up in the sink. I was like, Come, I got to do it, you know, responsibility. And so I opened it up, and the first thing I did was throw up. <laughs> I'm not joking, because I was newly pregnant, and then and there I found out that disgusting things now make me throw up. And, and there was mold in it from the back of the car. And so Aaron ended up cleaning it, praise God. But, <laughs> but how often do we stick things in the trunk of our heart and drive around and think, one day I'll get around to it? I mean, come on, this is true. But if everything flows from our hearts, it's worth taking a look at, amen? So everything flows from it. What's in our heart is influencing, developing, and shaping you and I as a person. For example, my words. Matthew 12, 34 says this, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So if you're wondering what's in your heart, you could just check back to the last few conversations you've had. Maybe what you've said in your heart about yourself or about someone else. These are the things. So my words flow from it. Number two, my actions flow from it. My identity, what I believe to be true about myself, flows from the state of my heart and others. Therefore, my future is affected by the state of my heart. So God says to guard it. Can you see why? But he's so kind. He doesn't leave us alone to guard it. So picture this. Imagine for a second that I have told anyone from anywhere in the world, you can go to this person's house today and rummage through, take anything you want, enjoy. But you had an hour to go and prepare your house for this. What would you do? Think about it. I know for me, I'd look at the, my most precious things, my most valuable things, I'd put them all together and then I'd leave probably, or you know, I don't know. Um, but our heart is the most precious and valuable thing God's put inside of us. And still every single day, things that are uninvited come in to take a toll on it. But I'm so thankful because God doesn't leave us alone with the responsibility of our hearts. He joins us and he gives us tools to guarding it. And something I love that he's given us is his word. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joint and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him of whom we must give an account. I'm thankful for his word. So, how's your heart today? Have some friends that really dislike that question. I have some friends that their first thing they'll say is fine. But I thought, we can't really talk about how to guard your heart and why it's so important unless we're really honest about what is in our heart. How's our heart today? 
So I posted on Instagram a couple nights back, and I just said, hey, help me out with something. As honest as you can answer this, how is your heart? Do you want to hear some of the answers? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, Verm. So how's your heart tonight? One person said, my heart's excited. Another person said, honestly, disappointed. Another person said, my heart's at rest. God is so faithful and his goodness amazes me. Another person said, my heart is as full as I can remember, thanks to Jesus and Colonial Church. <laughs> God places us in a family. He knows our hearts need it. Amen? Someone else said, my heart's good, but sometimes I struggle to guard it when the enemy's lies seem so logical. Someone else said, my heart's adjusting. It's waiting and realigning. Still someone else said, my heart is lonely, but leaning into him. I'm so thankful for their honesty. Someone else said, my heart's a little beaten down, but God is holding me together. Someone else said, my heart is full, complex, and as she was explaining it at the end of it, she just said, I think I'm just really emotionally driven. <laughs> I, I can relate. And then someone else said, somehow my heart is both not great and okay at the same time. Someone else still said, my heart's willing and loving, always trying to bring joy to others. And then the last two, someone said, my heart's a little heavy. And someone said, my heart's still broken. Because that's the reality of where we are today. Our hearts have gone through some wear and tear. Aren't you thankful that God created our hearts by him and for him? And he can do in your life and in your heart in a moment what years have done to build up walls, to tear down what God initially put inside of you. I wonder what you dreamt of when you were a child. I wonder if you can picture yourself as that child just dancing before your father, feeling completely accepted, loved, valued, because that's the truth about who you are. That's what your heart was made for. So number one, my heart is my responsibility. Number two, my heart was made for purity. Say this after me. Purity is not a dirty word. Amen. I think sometimes in our culture, if you talk about purity, if you're like, oh, don't talk to me about purity. We were made for it. My heart was made for purity. That picture of who God created you to be as a child. He says to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to become like a child. You were made for purity. Psalm 51.10 says, create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Psalm 24, three through four says, who may ascend on the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Matthew five, verse eight says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If you think about it, if you're kind of like, eh, I don't know about that word purity. If you had an option of what to put in your body, something pure, purified, or, you know, like a, the little tide poles at the beach that kids have been playing in, which one would you want to put in your body and drink? Clearly, <laughs> the purified one. 
And it reminded me of when we first moved to St. Augustine. Aaron and I would be hanging out with friends, and they'd be like, don't drink the tap water. <laughs> like, oh, is it okay? You know, and, and they'd be like, yeah, it's fine, but purified is so much better. I don't know what it is about St. Augustine, but I guess people just love their purified water. And um, it reminded me of this time, the contrast between that and a time that I was traveling in one of the most beautiful countries, New Zealand. And I was on this tour bus, and the whole top of the bus was clear glass so that you could see the mountains. So as we were traveling, you were just sitting there like this in amazement, and I saw Gandalf. I'm just joking. Um, The tour bus driver stopped the bus and said this. He said, everybody needs to get out of the bus. We're approaching a stream with the purest water in the world. Everyone needs to get out, get your water bottle, and taste it. The reason why this is the purest water in the world is because it's come straight from the top of the mountain, the source of the purest water. And isn't that incredible that when we think about everything flowing from us, it really matters what's pouring in us, amen? And the fact that the purity of what flows from my heart is determined by my closeness to the source, In the words of Pastor Matt, the proximity to the source, the purest of all is God's heart. Is my heart tapped into him to receive that purity? What filtration have we forgone in an effort to keep up with life? Maybe you're just tired. Your heart is tired this morning, and you do all the things, and you're like, oh, I'll get to it later, or I'll use my Brita water filter later when I pour into my kids or when I pour into my friends, but, but nothing foregoes the purity of the source coming from God. So number one, my heart is my responsibility. Number two, my heart was made for purity. And number three, my heart was knit for eternity. My heart was knit for eternity because the truth is today, friend, that you are made for more than what this world says will satisfy you, than what the world tries to pour into you each and every day telling you that's what matters. We were made for eternity. Look, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this. He has made everything beautiful in its time. I feel like that's a word for someone this morning. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Our hearts were made for eternity. And I feel like also today there's probably some people that are in a waiting season. And maybe, maybe your focus has gotten off of eternity, off at looking at the stars, and you're just looking down at your feet in the sand at the here and now, and you're like, God, just tell me what's next. I just want to know what you have for me. And if we look at Samuel chapter 16, I wonder how David felt. He was described as a man after God's own heart, but he was a shepherd boy. So I I wonder if in that time of shepherding, if he thought, God, was I made for more? Or was he just doing what was in his hand? Because there was actually decades, about 30 years between the time David was anointed as king and he took the throne. And when David was anointed as king, 
he was a shepherd boy, and Samuel the prophet was coming to anoint one of Jesse's sons as the king, and he was like, okay, I got this God. I'll, I'll pick one of Jesse's sons. I'll see who's, you know, the strongest and the best looking and looks like a king, right? But he says this. The Bible says this in Samuel 16, verse 6. When they came, he looked on Eliab, one of the brothers, and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Your gifting can't take you or your heart can't sustain you. David's son Solomon struggled with this, and it even says, talking about his son Solomon, he didn't have a heart after God like his father because his heart was led astray by things of this world. In the waiting season, it matters all the more who's caring for and tending for our hearts. I love this because our heart was knit for eternity. Something about David in the field, I remember someone speaking this one time and I was like, whoa, that's for me. They said, if God can find David in the field, he can find you where you are. How incredible is that? It's true. No single life is hidden from his sight. He's so well aware of every part of you and the dreams that he's put in your heart. He's just cultivating the soil. Maybe even it's a really hard season, but can you imagine as David waited, getting scoffed at by his brothers, I can't imagine they'd be super pumped their baby brother was anointed as king. So I wonder if that loneliness, if that time alone with God just chiseled in him the depth that God could just pour into him the anointing of a king for the rest of his life. So in the waiting, maybe it's just a deepening and a filling and watch as the wellspring flows out. I love also too that when we, when we encounter our creator, we remember what we are created for. And David had this moment when he realizes, oh God, you really are so aware of my heart, of my life, of everything. Look, he says this in Psalm 139. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before and you follow me. Your place of, you place your hand of blessing upon my head. I'm gonna say that again. You place your hand of blessing upon my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful to me, too great for me to understand. And as he has this revelation of how precious he is to his creator, his response is surrender. He says this in verse 23, so search me, O God, and know my heart. Imagine what would happen to St. Augustine, Florida if the cry of our hearts today was, search me, O God, and know my heart. 
Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me on the path of everlasting life. It's a vulnerable prayer, but it's one of the most powerful ones you'll ever pray. Point, point out anything in me that offends you, God, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's David's daily dig. He wants to use our hearts. It was made to be surrendered to him. My heart is my responsibility. My heart was made for purity. And my heart was knit for eternity. He's placed eternity inside of every human heart. Our hearts will be restless until we rest in him. But it's not just a piece of our heart this morning. And the band can come back up. At the end of this, the whole point is that all of my heart was made for God. Not just on Sundays, not just the parts seen on the outside. All my heart was made for God. Look, Jeremiah says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Understanding. You know, there's only 18 inches between your head and your heart, but everything flows from here. And Jesus replied in Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. It's not a matter of making room for him, but of surrendering and loving him with all of it and watching as everything else in life flows from it. So my question for you today about the state of your heart is does it know what it was made for? Take a deep breath. We're almost done. Does your heart know what it was made for? Because it was made for God. He knows everything about you. He didn't make a mistake when he made you. He knows every single detail. He's intricately involved in every single detail, so aware of your life and what he's created you for. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.